everybody, welcome back to the Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. This is episode number 162. Aaron, uh, we got this week of Sharks Hockey out of the way. A little bit more of the same, right? We got to see some pretty entertaining stuff. We still picked up some losses. So um, I guess we're <laughs> overall happy with the uh, the end result here. Uh, I don't know. what In, in a whole, um, are you enjoying so far this season? Now we're past the Thanksgiving break. We see where the Sharks are. We heard Coach David Quinn talking about you know, most people see that. That's kind of their gauge of where they're going to be in the season and everything else. It doesn't really matter to the guys in the room. Um, give me your take on just kind of that discussion that he had uh, about that. And do you think the Sharks are exactly where they should be? Uh, it's it's a weird season because I feel like I was just talking about this with the fantasy hockey group here. Um, I, the Sharks are have not really been out of many of these games. It's not like they're getting blown out 5-1, you know, Four one, they're all pretty close. They're all within a goal. A lot of them are going to overtime. They lost tonight in overtime. So um, the, these games, the Sharks seem to like. It, it's we'll get into this later because we're going to have some clips too on, on what the players' thoughts are. But um, a lot of the times, the Sharks are right in there and they just kind of shoot themselves in the foot. So it's kind of these small details. Um, I think um, I, I I'm entertained. I like it. I, I don't know. It's weird because I don't know if it's because my expectations are so low for this season that anything I'm I'm just looking for the bright side of life, if you will, from uh, Monty Python. Um, I think um, <laughs> I'm excited for a high pick. I'm excited that get on with it. Yes, get on with it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they're playing well but not well enough to get wins, which is perfect. And that's exactly where I want them. And it's also competitive, fun, exciting hockey. You were there tonight, right? So it was, it was entertaining. Was it not? It, it absolutely was. I, uh, up until the, uh, the end there, I had, uh, I had a pretty good time. So, um, and we'll, we'll talk about that uh, later on, you know, as the, uh, the show goes on here. Um, you know, uh, one of the things before we start talking about games is uh, injuries. Injuries are starting to mount for this team. Uh, it's really unfortunate, uh, you know, guys like, you know, Mario Ferraro going on IR. And so far, we haven't really heard an update on him at all. But um, guys like him, guys like Sturm, you know, these are the guys that are the hardworking folk that we keep talking about. The guys that I love watching play because they're always chugging. They never give up. They're always giving it their all. They, they're not gliding around the ice ever. They sacrifice the body. And unfortunately, in this case, that's kind of uh, part of why apparently these guys are out. Now, Mario Ferraro, we don't really know exactly what the extent is. We know it's a lower body injury of some sort, according to Shang Peng. Was, uh, he had released some news about that. Um, but we don't really know the, the exact extent of it and when he'll be back. Um, and, and then, of course, uh, Nico Sturm taking a hit uh, from a former Sharks player, actually. And it, it, he goes down and, you know, was it a dirty hit? Yeah, a lot of folks think that it might have been. So... It just sucks seeing these guys are these really hard workers. Not that you, you are okay with anybody else necessarily, but these guys are these hardworking guys. And, you know, you really enjoy watching them play. And then, of course, uh, James Reimer. There was a little bit of uh, worry back and forth, I think. Maybe, maybe worry is not the right word, but we were kind of going back and forth in our Slack channel there going, uh, we might have a show earlier than we thought here because uh, Reimer's not at practice. So, um, yeah, that, that was a little bit of a moment there, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you, you kind of hold your breath because you're like, okay, Reimer's most likely going to be traded at this point or some point in the season. And all of a sudden, Aaron Dale gets called up and Reimer at the point, there's been no injury discussion. So everyone's like, uh, was there a trade? What just happened? So I think um, 
the Sharks PR was a little behind on uh, announcing that there was an injury, and that's why they brought up Dell. And uh, apparently it was an emergency call-up too, which is a little bit different than than bringing him up through waivers, I guess. And that's probably because he's a goalie. But um, I think uh, I, Reimer was off. You know, he played against, was it L.A.? He played in that game? Or sorry, uh, was it L.A.? Seattle. Yeah, he played, L.A. He played L.A., yeah. He had two goals that were just not typical of Reimer. Something is definitely off. So, um, and then he's he's gone again. So this game, so he didn't make it. And I don't know. I think he's making the trip. I can't remember if he's going to be going. In fact, I don't even think they've uh, announced yet what they're going to do if they're going to bring all three goalies just in case something happens because they're going to be on the East Coast. They can't just fly somebody out right. spur the moment. Or maybe we see one of those. Uh, what's the acronym? The emergency backup. Oh, uh, e-bug. E-bug. Is it? Emergency backup goalie. Yeah, okay. There you go. That's easy to remember. Um, Yeah, maybe we'll see one of those situations where it'll be the other team's e-bug that gets the call for the Sharks. Who knows? Um, Yeah, and it's always interesting when the, uh, the emergency gets called in, you know. Um, yeah. it, hopefully it's the, uh, the Zamboni driver that beat, <laughs> beat <them in. laughs> well, once they play one, they can't play another one. Oh, really? They, I didn't know that. Yeah. They can't play again because it's a one day contract. You're now a professional. Wow. So you have okay. to be a, you can't have signed a contract. Interesting. So once you're knee bug or once you actually play, then, then you're done ski. So uh, you're which saying is, there's a chance. Well, that's what makes it better, man. It was win percentage is a thousand, right? <laughs> Just go out on high, go out on top. Um, now going back to the injuries, like this is something that we've talked about in the show all season, basically all this season that the sharks can't really afford to take too many injuries. They definitely can't really take any to their top guys. And one of their top guys is Reimer. And what we've seen this week, the goaltending definitely feels a little different. Even in that game that Reimer played just, you know, not his quality because he's, I think he's hurt. So, um, the Sharks are just not built. They're not deep enough to to do any damage with any of their top guys out. Unfortunate. They're not good enough to do any damage with their top guys in right now, buddy. I mean, let's wow. let's call it what it is. Right. So <laughs> before we continue to call it what it is, I'd like to reach out to you guys in the chat right now. Um, if you're enjoying the stream, please hit that the like button there. If you're not subscribed, please hit the subscribe button. Then you know we're going live and you can join in on the conversation just like these fine folks over here are about to do. Um, and you can also support the show if you'd like by using the super chat function. Uh, that's always good. And if you have a comment there, you can uh, let us know and we'll read it out loud uh, during the stream here. You can also do that through uh, Venmo at the fin factor. Same thing. Put a comment in there and we'll go ahead and read it live during the show as well. So um, we appreciate you guys supporting us there. Also, if you want to support the show, but get something back in return, uh, you can go to the Check out all the products that we have hats, uh, water bottles, shirts, fanny packs, uh, stickers, stuff, stuff, stuff. Okay. So um, if you'd like to support the show that way as well, awesome. We do appreciate you. Okay. Aaron, uh, let's take a look real quick at some of these comments before we jump into uh, the games here. And we've got first and foremost, Kellen Foster, the regular uh, can't wait for the Gregor eye roll. Oh, sure. You can, of course you can wait. Been waiting a couple of days for this one. I think he does mean the Gregor eye roll. He's been waiting a couple of days for that. But uh, it sounds like uh, Patrick might have misunderstood that. It says it sounds like Cullen was waiting for the Black Friday deals for this episode. Actually, uh, a lot of the stuff in the store is on sale. So go check it out. If you're interested, you do want to support the show again, 
that's the best place to do it. And you're going to get yourself a deal. So there you go. And you'll, uh, of course, look almost as good as we do. So there's <laughs> almost that, you know. everyone looks better than our radio faces. What's <laughs> yeah. The people on the podcast have it better than the people on YouTube. Right now, <laughs> don't they? Uh, Noah Claxton says he's listening to the show and playing franchise mode. He's already <laughs> shipped out Timo for all and Carlson is next. Oh, Noah, you're killing me, dude. Um, Kellen looks like, uh, yeah, Reimer didn't look comfortable like a football player doesn't trust his knee after an injury. Yeah, so he he agrees with you on that one there. So um, yeah, I guess he's seen it the same way. And then oh, Patrick Scott says, what would Paul pick for a number if he was e-bug for the Sharks? Oh, I would probably end up going. So uh, normally I've been number two because um, my birthday is November 2nd. Uh, but I recently switched over to 81 because I don't play defense and two is more of a defenseman number. Uh, so I switched over to 81, wait, wait, which wait. is, of course, my hero, Phil Kessel. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's, <laughs> I was born in 1981, so I picked 81. So you there you go. Um, you don't play yeah. defense anymore, huh? What's that? You don't play defense anymore? I don't. I'm, I've I've been playing more as a forward. Um, when I played ice, at least I played more as a forward. I kind of went back to doing roller just for fun, and I'm – one of the more proficient players on the rink. So they put me at D and I just kind of hang out and make passes and just have a good time. It's, it's a lot more fun, just kind of relaxing and, and moving the puck around than it is trying to beat so, a bunch of people. So, so you do play defense. I'm I now mostly do, but so, I mean, sense. okay. If I was the goalie, probably two, I guess. I don't know. I mean, hell if 37 is a goalie number. Anything can be right. Let's get real. 47, 47. Right. Well, yeah, 47. my bad. <laughs> Because everything else is 30, 31, 32. Okay. Anyway, so let's go ahead and start jumping in. Paul also likes hot dogs. You know what, Kellen? I'm not even going to disagree with you on that one. I absolutely love hot dogs. There you go. Uh, sticks from Benning and hot dogs from Kessel. It sounds really good. Hot dog on a stick. See what I did there? Okay. Uh, Sharks versus Ottawa. This game. Oh, baby. Five to one win. My goodness. Kakanen looks like he's earning his contract. Uh, gets the uh, the start, and he has 37 saves. I think that number is wrong. Is that number wrong? No, that's was correct. That, was that 37 five-on-five? Because five? we talked about this before, no? No, 37 total. Okay, 37. All right, so still 37 saves. Uh, really amazing performance there. But, of course, the eye roll is coming. Aaron, take us away with this bit of news. Go ahead. <laughs> Noah Gregor gets off the schneid and scores his first goal of the season. Um, I think I texted Paul right as it happened, and he was already texting me back. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, geez. I can't believe it. Uh, but it's funny in that whole sequence, he first hits the post, right? So he shoots it, hits the post, it bounces around, and you could just see him just like, oh, like just like so frustrated. Then the puck bounces around. He gets it back, um, and he touches it with a high stick, brings it down with a high touch, and takes like a split second there in the in the high danger area and uh, buries it in the slot and then you could just see the relief on him and you could see like he wasn't quite celebrating he was just kind of like ah oh, finally and then you see all the guys come around him i think it was was it couture that was just like shaking like yeah like they were so excited for him it was so cool to see um and uh oh i see paul's note in here i'm not even gonna read it but we do have a clip here on gregor <laughs> there's the eye roll we have a clip here of Gregor asked about this goal and you could just, you could hear it in his voice. And for the people on the podcast, I feel bad that you don't see him because his mustache, I'm sorry, Paul, 
that gives you competition here for November. There's no competition, buddy. There is it's no pretty, competition. It's a pretty impressive mustache. A white flag. I resign. <laughs> All right, yeah. here's Noah Gregor on his uh, first goal of the season. No, that's got to feel good, right? Yeah, a uh, little bit of a weight off my back there. Just to, to score, it's been a bit of a frustrating start for me, so it was, uh, it was really nice to see one going. Got to ask you, did you touch it with a high stick there before the goal? Uh, clearly not. Can <laughs> <laughs> you describe the scenario of you scoring a goal? Yeah, uh, you know, I got a chance, little breakaway to, to start, and then the puck came back up top to... Uh, Takuni just fired it, and I was able to knock it down and, and turn and, and fire it, and lucky luck, uh, it went in. It wasn't Cochero, it was Cooney. Coonan. Oh. They call Coonan Cooney. Not yet. Not Coonan. yet. <laughs> oh, man. that that I'm sorry. I have to adjust the mustache, okay? The mustache is absolutely gross. It's, it is awesome. The whole point of it is to be gross. Then he's succeeding. Nobody goes, ooh, look at that mustache. Oh, Everyone goes, ooh, look at that mustache. You know what else no one's going? No one else is going, ooh, look at Noah Gregor, the 10-goal scorer. He's on pace to score less than 10. I'm sorry. I have to bring it up. It's in the notes. We talk about the notes, Aaron. It's 10 goals. I said if, 15, right? If he scores 10, I'll be happy. If he scores 15, I'll be really happy. But I just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't sure. see it. Sure. Wow, that's a squirrel's tail. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, my. Ugh. That is bad. That is really, so good. really bad. So uh, Ben, why a big relief? It's not like we were expecting him to score more than 10 goals. Yeah, yeah, I'm not expecting him to score more than 10. And it's funny. Did you see? Oh, did you uh, touch that with a, a high stick? Oh, obviously not. And everybody's laughing about it because obviously you did. But you know, whatever. It's cool. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Knock it down. If they don't blow the whistle, put the puck on the net and be happy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy he got the one out the way. Uh, I just I'm hoping he gets more than the nine. Um, I just I don't think it'll happen, but I, I hope that he'll get to that uh, magical double digit number so that Aaron can feel good about himself. So there you go. Anyway, uh, we do have two wheels down. He is, I believe he's from Ottawa. He said, okay. right he's asking about trade. What do you think of Carlson for a 24 first 23 seconds? Alex fermentation sharks retain half the salary. Uh, no, I don't think that I know. Ottawa is pretty much the only team other than maybe Tampa Carlson would accept a trade to. Sure. But I would think the return needs to be, I don't know. I, after the return from Burns, I just, I don't think we'll get into this in a little bit. I just wanted to bring this up before I got buried into the comments here, but okay. um, I, I don't know if the Sharks are going to be trading any of their bigger pieces like Carlson, Timo Myers, another one that we're going to talk about. Um, I, I just don't see that as helping them get to where they want to be by trading those pieces away. Well, then then let's let's wait for that that discussion for later then. But I, I, <laughs> all right, we'll yeah. come back to that. Yeah, you're about to go into it. That's why. So we'll, um, we'll come back. Yeah, we'll, setting, we'll come back. I'm setting the table, Paul. I'm setting the table, getting ready for the meal to come out. Got the knife. You got the fork and spoon. I love it. OK, so uh, <laughs> Sharks at Seattle. Um, the Sharks run into probably one of the most prolific goaltenders of our time. And I don't know why we traded him or we didn't bring him back. Martin Jones. Martin Jones. Uh, very, very Martin Jones-like game of an 808 save percentage on the win. 
Martin it Jones. A, it was an 808. Oh 808. I just looked it up. 808. He is very much the Grant Fear of modern day era. Decent goalie. Now he's not Grant Fear. I'm just kidding. Grant Fear is amazing. Um, Martin Jones is just, you know, thinks that it's the 1980s where it's run and gun and just lets him in. And hopefully the other team doesn't score as many as your team. It's great. It's great for fantasy, not for having Martin Jones, but for having all the other guys that score all the goals. <laughs> I mean, this is um, eight, eight to five, 13 goals. Now there's some history here for the, for the Seattle Kraken in this eight goals. Yeah. You want me to say it? All right. I was going to say, go ahead and say it, but you muted. Well, sorry. There's short history here. They've never scored eight goals in a game. So the sharks are now in the history books of the Seattle Kraken. Awesome. Not the best way to get into a, isn't it typical of the sharks? Like, I, you know what? Again, maybe because we're Sharks fans. Okay. Maybe other teams, their fan bases see this all the time too. But I feel like too often um, we're in the record books for, uh, you know, oh, this other team did such a great job against the Sharks. Uh, they scored this many goals against the Sharks. They had such a great uh, save percentage against the Sharks. It's the first time a goaltender has has had 50 something whatever saves in his career against the Sharks. Like everything, it's, I just feel like it's, it's, you know, we make it easy for these other teams to achieve these milestones. And I, just, like, I don't know if it's yeah, just me. Absolutely. No, I, I feel like every time someone is new to the league. First goal. Oh, they're, they're, uh, it's their 12th game in the NHL, and they oh, they score their first goal. They're in the books, you know, against the San Jose Sharks. It's always the first career goal. And they're always fishing it out of the Sharks' net so they can keep it and bring it home. Yeah. Always. I don't know. Um, but, of course, when you score eight, or you get eight scored against you, um, your save percentage does not look too good. Now you have a note here about the high danger save percentage specifically. Um, Kakinen is uh, saying seventy five point six percent. Now was this for this game or was is, is this just him? This is him on the season, but this was also I took before tonight's game, so okay. I don't know what it updated to, but roughly the same seventy five point six. Uh, Reimer in comparison is at eighty three and a half. That's a that's a significant difference between the two. Reimer, I mean, we, I think we cover this. Like, Reimer's high danger is, is one of the best. I think we knew that when they brought him in, and it was very different than what Martin Jones's high danger save percentage was, what probably just a save percentage in general. But, um, yeah, he's, he's clearly, uh, to me, like, they're obviously very different goalies. They play differently. Kakinen kind of reminds me of Jones. Not that he's, you know, terrible like that, but, like, um, is a, what do they call it, a um, a system goalie. So he kind of, he more plays the odds of where the puck is going to be and makes himself as big as possible and kind of, like, in a way, guesses. Um I feel like that's how Martin Jones played. He had trouble tracking the puck. He would just kind of guess and make himself bigger. That's kind of, to me, how Kakin is playing. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. When you get, If you give up a lot of high danger chances, it's not going to work because that's more reaction time. Um, Reimer's a little bit more reaction time, tracks the puck, watches where it is at all times. One of the best examples is the goal tonight that we're going to talk about later. <coughs> Cunning, the goal where the puck just goes up and over his back, right? Goalie had no idea where it was. You could tell he was just like looking, backing up into his net and trying to figure out what happened to it, and it lands behind him. Um, to me, I think Reimer would see that puck bounce up and be tracking it and catch it in his glove hand. 
And it's kind of the difference in the goalies. I don't know. I don't know what's better, what's worse. Obviously, Reimer is working now. I mean, this is also goalies are so fickle in the NHL. Like, this is just a trend. Like, when the Sharks went and got anti Niemi, the trend was get a goalie that blocks everything down low. That's what Niemi was. He was able to get his legs out across and stop practically everything down low because chances are people are going to be shooting that low when they're in in close. Now teams are uh, players are shooting higher and those goalies went out of style, if you will, and out of a job. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of the the hot thing to talk about: high danger save percentage. Yeah, I think as butterfly goaltenders kind of caught uh, caught fire, it was. Uh you know, much more difficult to score lower. So, yeah, he had no choice really but to – I remember screaming at the TV uh, in many of a uh, Sharks versus L.A. series, lift the puck because just – what's his name? Uh, Quick would just – I mean, when Quick does the splits, he covers the entire bottom of the net. Like, he's he's like – like, what do you – there's, a, like, like, the Transformer toys where you can just make their legs go like this. You know what I mean? Like, that's him. Like, he's just like that. So, I mean, he could take everything away. So, you, you really do have to elevate – Um I think most most teams uh, know to do that. So um, anyway, yeah, I, I think um, for, for me with Reimer, again, I think the best thing for Reimer is to continue doing uh, to playing well, doing well, have other teams see that you're that guy that can uh, help them solidify on the back end. And hopefully he gets moved because uh, he deserves uh, better than we can give him. That's kind of my hope for him. But um I don't know. We'll have to see as the season continues on. Hey, I, uh, before we move on to the LA game, I do want to ask you guys um, to go ahead and retweet us. If you saw our tweet saying that we're going live here, get some more people in the chat over here. If you got some sharks, friends and family that you think would enjoy the show just as much as you do, let them know about it. Get them in here. Uh, also, if you're uh, like on Facebook, or whatever you can hit us with that share button or something, that'd be awesome too. So uh, get us out of there to your, uh, your other sharks fans and uh, we can have these discussions and get the, the comments that they have as well. It's a lot of fun. So, um, Aaron, the Sharks play L.A., and that's a 5-2 loss. Now, again, we start off with Ottawa with a win, then the Sharks lose, then the Sharks lose, and then again, of course, tonight they lose. So uh, the trend kind of continuing. But uh, the L.A. game, now, you, this one was the one where you said Reimer led in two really bad goals. Why don't you go ahead and kind of talk to us a little bit about Reimer um, what, what about those two goals that you saw made you feel like these were, uh, savable ones that aren't really characteristic of him letting in. And then, um, you know, I, I know we we're also talking about some of his, uh, being winless uh, at home stuff. So why don't you go ahead and just take that away? Sure. I think, uh, the first one was, um, looking at the scoring, uh, might've been the opening scoring one. It kind of squirted, I think near post and he couldn't quite get his arm, his left, his glove hand down. It's kind of like handcuffed him. Like he couldn't get his glove over to catch it. It was kind of below that point where you can physically get your glove down like this. And it just snuck in near post. Goalies don't typically like to give up near post goals because they should be covering that. Um, I think he seemed a little, you could see he seemed flustered afterwards, like right after the goal was scored. He he was disappointed in himself. Um, It didn't look good it looked like it was a easily catchable stoppable puck he was slightly screened but not quite you know fully screened by the defender so it wasn't like super super clean goal i don't know not it wasn't a great one it wasn't a it wasn't a really terrible goal the really terrible one i think is the one later who was um was it arvidson or it was uh 
Kapari. I think it was Kapari. It squeaked through the five hole and it like slowly went through. It was like, it looked like he shot him and he shot the puck into his chest and it somehow went through his legs and behind him and trickled into the goal. It's like, wow, what? That's not the Rhymer that I know. So it's fine. Rhymer's allowed to have a bad night, but then he goes, you know, he's injured again because he was injured before that, comes back, plays this game, had two goals that were not typical of him giving up and then goes out and injured again. He's clearly not healthy right now. So I don't know what's wrong with him. I have, I'm not going to speculate. I don't have any insider information, but uh, he's clearly not ready to be playing again. And this is kind of Reimer's knock, I guess, if you will. He would never, he's never really been a true starter of a team in his entire career because he can't really stay healthy. Now we've seen him these two months. He's had some great stretches of hockey. He's had, really good games. Even going into last season, he's had stretches, but even last season, he couldn't take the reins and be a 60 game starter. He's more of a 40 to 50 game starter. Um, And he got hurt last year and now he's hurt again this year. And I don't know how long he's going to be out. I don't know if he's going to be making this trip. Um, (laughs) We kind of talked about that before. Sorry. Um, But yeah, it just, it was off. It was just an off night for Reimer. And it's unfortunate because it was a Friday. It was the day after Thanksgiving, pretty packed, and L.A. game, you know, beat L.A. They wore their new jerseys, which we can talk about, the new uh, throwbacks to the Golden Seals, um, where it says Sharks and then in the Golden Seals font and their white jerseys, which I'm a fan of the white jerseys being at home. I wish they would bring that back. But um, that's neither here nor there. So before we get into the jerseys, guys, I know we wanted to uh, talk a little bit about those. Um, and, and actually, who is it here saying that? Uh, Anthony Sanchez did say the Vintage Star sweater was nice on TV. Uh, before we get into that discussion, I um, want to point out a couple other comments here. Anthony saying that the Sharks shouldn't have played Reimer against the Kings. You could tell Reimer wasn't 100%, echoing the same sentiments that you had there, Aaron. Uh, and Debbie agreeing with him says, uh, I agree. Uh, he just wasn't hasn't looked or played well the last few games. And Anthony, again, responding, he'd like to shelf Reimer until he's healthy. Uh, absolutely. Uh, it's not even so much, um, you know, gosh, if you play him, he might, you know, be injured again. Then you're going to be out, in and out, in and out. It's If he gets injured again, it's the poor guy is injured. We don't, you know, you don't, you don't want the guy to get hurt, right? Especially in, um, you know, for him – he, he's probably looking like to, to play well to end up getting traded down the road here. So the last thing you want is to be like injury prone. And then other teams look at that instead of uh, how impressive you've been uh, over the course of your playing uh, for the season. So um, yeah, absolutely. Get this guy healthy. Let him go. And I mean, you know, again, where the sharks are right now, does it really matter if you have uh, your, your best number one goalie hundred uh, percent healthy and ready to rock or just play the guys that are going to probably end up on the losses anyway. So um that's kind of the way I see it, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wish him all the best in, in, in a healthy recovery. And I do hope that they make sure that he is 100% healthy before they bring him back. Let him put forth his best effort um, as the season kind of goes on right up until that deadline. And then hopefully again, he can find a place uh, that will um, be good for him to play and, and, and hopefully get a nice little run in a cup there. So there's that. Now, um, Aaron, you've got a clip here uh, with Logan Couture. So uh, we're going to apologize for the phone audio quality that we've got on this. This is not the fin factor screwing this up. Super producer Jason is an absolute whiz when it comes to uh, anything video and audio. So uh, this is definitely not him. This is what, yeah, the more you know, this is, this is definitely coming from the sharks this way. We apologize, but Aaron, go ahead and set this up. 
Uh, Logan Couture was asked after this game kind of what he thought, kind of the direction the season is going and what is going wrong with um, with the team and kind of what he sees out there. So this is his reaction and what he sees on what the Sharks' season is like so far. Um, just a, a lot of small mistakes over the ice and some big ones that are costing us and, and the pucks ending up in the back of our net right now. And, um yeah, finding ways again to, to lose hockey games, whereas when we were winning, we are finding a, a different way to win each night, and, um, you know, from individual efforts to, you know, playing really well as a team, uh, special teams, um, et cetera, and tonight it just, or lately it just seems like it's going the other way. Before we make any comment about that, what you're about to do, I would like to point out his mustache is almost as equally gross <laughs> It's pretty bad, but he's just gross. That's not fair. That's not, I'm talking about the mustache itself. The mustache itself is pretty gross. It's bad. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, go ahead. Take it away. Um, tonight, we don't have the clip, but tonight, Cunning was kind of asked the same thing, and he pretty much said the exact same thing. That's just little small mistakes. Like, I mean, we're going to get into tonight's game, but the line change at the end, small mistake, or I guess a big mistake because that cost the game or cost the overtime. So just little mental mistakes that need to get cleaned up in order for the Sharks to kind of put some stuff together and they're just not there. So part of this is like, I I don't see the shark season as being so bad because I mean, I want them to do poorly to get a high end pick next year in, in next year's draft. Um, it will make their team better in the long run. I think it's the better way to go. I mean, yeah, tanking, not quite tanking where they're just going to go for first, but um, they're going to get a top five pick, and I'm happy with that. But I also think they're building, they're creating building blocks for next season, and fixing these mental things can be fixed. They're not, they're not outmatched every single game. They're not getting outplayed. They're not getting out. Well, not that they're getting outscored, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're, it's not, they're not getting killed every night where they don't look like they belong in the ice. They don't look like they're an AHL team trying to play in the NHL. Like they're, they're competitive. So cleaning up these mistakes, pretty much playing playoff hockey where you minimize the mistakes and you concentrate so much. That's what they would need to do in order to be successful. They're not quite there yet. I don't think, but they're getting there. I think they're getting there. And uh, frankly, I didn't think the audio quality was that bad. Super producer Jason did clean it up quite a bit. Thank you for that, Super producer Jason. But Patrick figured it out. He says he puts blame on the BlackBerry. So whoever is using the BlackBerry, knock it off. Um, and then, oh, Anthony also making the comment that Couture looks defeated in that video. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when it's the same kind of result all the time, the, the team is going hard and playing hard, but they just can't put it together, and then they end up losing the game, uh, you know, again, especially when it's an overtime loss, right, again, you know. Um, I, I think it kind of weighs on you, especially as the captain. You know, you kind of get tired of being in front of the media having to say the exact same thing. Yeah, we just, you know, we need to skate harder. We need to have our head in the game. We, it's it's, I mean, it's saying the same type of thing over and over. I'm sure it weighs, you know, a, a lot on his mind, and, um, it's just hard to get in front of the media and do that every single time, you know? Um, and I think we'll talk about this later on uh, when we talk about their, the shark schedule coming up and, and what they've been in so far, but they haven't had a lo- whole lot of uh, days in between games recently. There's been, you know, kind of a game and then day off and a game and a day off. So it's just been, you know, just the ball's been rolling for them when it comes to the amount of games played. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, until they kind of get off of this and pick up a win after, you know, having lost like three in a row here, um, I'm sure it's it's going to be tough. And, and you know, like you said, he looks defeated. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I would look defeated too if the team was just in a spiral and you couldn't figure out, well, we're doing a lot of things right, but it just it's not working out. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you on that one, Anthony. Unfortunately, that's just the way he looks right now. And uh, I'm with Aaron. I still want them to pick up the, the best chances that they can at getting a high draft pick. But it, it sucks seeing your captain and your teammate, uh, the, the, the team that you root for, kind of going through this funk. And, and they're all kind of just down about it, you know. So it's, it's just unfortunate. Now, um, one thing that wasn't uh, as unfortunate as I thought it was going to be, Aaron, is the New Jerseys uh, that they put on um, for this game. And, you know, I, I have to say, I, I've been wrong about the jerseys this season because when they initially came out with the teals, um, the full teal kit, I was looking at it going, oh, my, this is not going to be good. And they played the, the rookie face-off thing, and they had those on, and it, they looked great on the eyes. I, frankly, I like the way that they look. I still wouldn't buy the jersey because it looks weird by itself, but as a whole kit, I think I like it. It's something you could uh, watch uh, on TV without, you know, um, going like you're looking at what's his name's mustache. So um, it, it, I, I think they look good. Now, what was your take? Before I ask you, I want to put it out uh, as the roll call question so that we can get the comments going. And then as you're talking about it, we'll kind of uh, talk about those comments, too. So the question would be uh, basically, do you where, where are you uh, watching us from? And then do you guys like the new jerseys? Did you guys like the the uh, ode to the, the seals uh, jerseys that they have? Now, some of you didn't like that it said sharks. Uh, instead of seals there, which I don't know, it was, that's the team's name. What are you going to do? Um, but uh, I, I thought they looked good. So that was kind of my, my thoughts on it. And I've, I've been wrong about the jerseys before. I, I have to admit, I, I must I was wrong about this one, too. I think they look pretty good. Um, the, you know, the, the secondary question on this one before I get your answer is um, <laughs> Super Producer Jake came up with this one. Um, who would be your e-bug, your emergency backup goalie? Um, if, if people in the chat, let us know if there's a certain guy that, uh, you know, if there's a real life goaltender who we're not going to know of, I guess, or if you've got some other goaltender that you're thinking like the, uh, the Zamboni driver, for instance. So, uh, go ahead and put that in there as well. But Aaron, tell me about the jerseys. What did you think? You liked them, I think, right? I did. I mean, I liked them before they were on the ice, but seeing it all together in the full kit, I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'm, I'm a fan of doing different things rather than slightly changing it like imagine imagine their um their reverse retro is the original white sharks jersey with a slight change to the logo like you're like cool i the eye test like when you quickly look at him you're like that's the same jersey or you take any casual fan and they'd be like that's just the sharks jersey well yeah it's there's nothing different about it now you have these the seal the old seals jerseys Casual Sharks fans look at them and they go, what is that? I've never seen that before. That's cool. So I like I like that more than than just tweaking something. That's funny. Uh, the other night I got an ad on Instagram. They always get me. Um, they were selling this. The, it was a white sweatshirt with the Sharks logo and the Seals font and everything on there. I was like, oh, that, that looks pretty cool. Maybe I'll put that like on my list. And they look, it's $120 for a pullover. <laughs> I don't know. That's to me. That's too much for a pullover. I don't I would, know why would, you would spend one hundred and twenty dollars on that when you can get something on sale at thefinfactor.com <laughs> um, that's just as comfortable and much more stylish. Um, maybe we should put a hundred and twenty dollars hoodie on there. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, man. Like 50, 60 bucks maybe for a hoodie, but I'm not paying a hundred and. 
twenty dollars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so far, I think I have to give comment of the night to Ryan Sontag. Rick Astley is my ebook. <laughs> well played, Ryan. Well played. Nice. Golf that. Golf that. Um, Grandzier, my guy with the glasses seems a bit defeated too. It's the norm. Are you talking about me? Am I your guy with the glasses? I've never been someone's guy with the glasses. This is uh, interesting development we have here. <laughs> uh, I don't think I, I'm defeated. I think I just know what the season is, and that's okay. And uh, I'm still enjoying walking, watching Sharks hockey. Uh, it's like we said, it's entertaining hockey. Still, uh, we're just piling up losses, and that's is what it is, buddy. But uh, I, I'm here to 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 watch the games and to you know talk with you guys and just have a good time still. So I don't know if that makes me defeated. Then yes, I guess I'm defeated. I don't know. <laughs> Any any other uh, comments here that you liked in particular? Um, just people liking the new jerseys. I don't I don't see anyone that doesn't like them. Do you? Okay. Well, I see Ben here says he's watching from Thailand. First of all, what? Uh, uh, and then secondly, he says jerseys are a meh. Not buying it. Can we get Nabby as a professional e-bug? No, nope. no, we can't. Even though he's retired, he was a professional. So anyone who's signed a professional contract cannot be an e-bug. So Paul could be one. I could be one. Um, Pretty much anyone that's never signed a contract. Frankly, I think I would trust you more as an e-bug than me. Now (laughs) I've actually skated on ice and played hockey, but never as a goaltender. Aaron, not exactly proficient on skates, but he's played soccer as a goaltender. So I think my reactions would be my saving grace. There you go. My quick (laughs) Quick reactions compared to Noah that. says. Noah says Paul's my e bug. See, so you failed already, Noah. Uh, and I want Aaron as my GM. He'll know how to blow up the team properly. Yeah, there you go. Well done. I'll take that. I'll take I, that. I, you know what? I'm I'm more than happy with that. I like uh, Patrick here. My my home in Edward, Washington. Sorry, I don't read emojis. I don't <laughs> hate that. I don't hate that to the New Jersey. Not New Jersey, the state, but the New Jersey. I think it auto-corrected. Marshall Hawks would be my e-bug. Oh. Bring back Marshall. Bring back Marshall. Wow. Uh, Kellen getting crazy here, saying he wants Charles Barkley as the e-bug. Man, that, that's terrible. I don't know why you want him as your e-bug. That's terrible. Um, and then Katie <laughs> says Aaron is my e-bug. Yeah, I think uh, I think Aaron, I think you could do it, buddy. I think I, I, I think I can maybe make one save. I'll make one save. I'll Aaron be would be the goalie that is like diving with his hands, like back and forth because, you know, soccer. So, well, I, I would. Oh, oh my God. So gross. <laughs> Why um, would you show this picture? Wow. What does this have to do with e-bugs? This is. Oh my God. <laughs> See, um, yeah, I, I, we, we've got some pretty nasty mustaches. That's pretty bad. So gross. You know what? Uh, I think those handlebars there, you're giving, uh, you're giving everybody in the NHL a run for their money with that thing, bud. <laughs> Holy. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, so th- thanks, Super Producer Jason. Thanks for that. Holy. Okay, let's just move on before he puts another picture up. Um, Sharks, Vancouver tonight. Aaron, uh, we do get to use the slide today. Uh, Cunning scores, and the goal was actually trash. <laughs> Absolute think, trash. What did I put in the notes? Uh, you put goal is actually trash. Yes. And then I put, oh, uh, what did I put? I put in something too. I put in, uh, I wrote this to, to super producer Jason, the garbage of garbage goals. Yes. <laughs> That's what I wrote.
So obviously the chat is about 30 seconds behind. Katie says, <laughs> I must ask you a question, but I'm shaving it for later. Thank you, Katie. And uh, Granzier wants to know if the pick is from 2001. No, I think it's from last last year. <laughs> Isn't it from last year? I was from... Is it two years ago? Three. Because we were on the okay, set. It's we definitely the not 2001, but uh, yeah, it's from a few years ago, apparently. That's from 2020 before, love the mustaches. Ryan says, those poor podcasters are missing out. Yeah, podcasters, <laughs> um, if you really... <laughs> Really want to see some nastiness? Uh, there you go. The timestamp is about forty-one ten or something like that. Go take a look. Oh, uh, oh it's Jamie, the Jamie Baker, Baker episode. episode. Poor Jamie Baker yeah. had to watch those things for like an hour as he talked to us. I, anyway, he was, there, he was there for two hours. That was a long episode. That you're right. He was. That was awesome. Episode sixty-three. In case you're on the podcast, didn't see the comment there, Jamie Baker. It's a very good episode. Um, talks a lot about mental health and whatnot. Definitely recommend that if you're going through some tough times. Okay, um, his his goal was literal garbage. Aaron, you talked about this already. Um, for some reason, they've got Bonino credited with the first assist. But what I saw was the absolutely amazingly proficient at his job, um, Benning, <laughs> taking has nothing to do with him giving my kids sticks. Shut up, Aaron. Uh, fired this shot in, okay? And it tipped. Now it must have went off of Benino and then off Cunning's stick. Benino is what happened? I'm assuming. Benino but, tipped it. Okay. So Benino tipped it. I think I believe with a stick, and then it went off his. It went off Cunning's back and ramped up, and then the goalie lost sight of it, and it comes down right in between him. So it went off of his back because I was at the game. I didn't get the 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 benefit of replay. Yeah, it was kind of like the back or his side, and it kind of just ramped up because I think he was turning because. Bonino was tipping it and the shot was coming in. It hits off his back and ramps up and in. Absolute <laughs> trash. This goal was just, oh my goodness. Anyway, total dumpster fire of a goal. This thing popped up 30 feet or so in the air and it just happened to fall in the net. Like it just fell in the net. Cool. Take the goal. Why not? Um, but this is what we're talking about. This is what... And, you know, we're laughing about it, but, I mean, this is what Cunning does. He gets into these places where good things happen. And it happens a little bit later on in the game as well. Um, but this is what the guy does, and this is what we love about him, what he brings to the game. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny that it just – it's a shot that tipped and went off his back and it went in. He gets credited for a goal. And it's like, oh, anybody could have been there and done that. But it was him. He's the guy that's getting into these dirty areas, and he's the guy that's making it happen. So while we're making fun of the goal, um, <laughs> I, he's, he gets himself into these positions where it works out for him, right? So um, good on him for doing that. But, yeah, it just happened to fall in it. Absolutely hilarious. Now, later on, he draws a penalty uh, that results in Couture um, giving the Sharks a brief third-period 2-1 lead. Now, he basically just was battling in front of the net um, I cannot remember the guy's last name. Uh, I think it was Burroughs, a 44 or something like that in Vancouver. And he was just battling with this guy in front of the net, and Burroughs just finally just cross-checked him right in the back. And he goes down, and the ref throws his hand up, and it was almost immediate. It was like right off the faceoff, goes to Carlson. Carlson passes over to Couture, cranks it, goal. And it was just like that doesn't happen unless he draws that penalty from being, you know, that garbage collector standing in front of the net and battling. And that's what Cunning does so well. You know, and the Sharks have missed a guy like this for a very long time. You know, we, we, guys like, um, who was it? that we, Was it Joel Ward? And somebody, I can't remember who it was now, but we always have a, a guy that was parked in front of the net and did a great job doing that. And then, like, for <laughs> years, we just didn't have that, right? You know, and it's like, this is the guy, you know? You forget who Joe Pavelski was? Well, yeah, okay, fine, Joe Pavelski. But he was, he was more like, I'm tipping everything in, right? He was... 
That's the well, difference. That was he was there for the skill part of it. He wasn't there for the grind. I think he was grinding to get the tip on. It's just- fine, fine. I'll give you that. Okay, yeah. so uh, yeah, he he draws a penalty. They score off of that, and then of course uh, he scores uh, the game tying goal late in the third. And Eric Carlson just has eagle vision. This is just what he has. Amazing. Just- he's absolutely amazing. And if anybody tells me he's not worth eleven point five million a year, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you're wrong. The Sharks are terrible, but he's worth every cent. I'm sorry. It's just the facts. This guy, his 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 hockey IQ is absolutely off the charts. When you see what he does with the puck and he makes everybody else around him look stupid. I will. Here's my bit of advice. If you are a forward in the NHL, and yes, you're getting a bit of advice from a guy who runs a podcast. Okay. <laughs> my advice to you, don't bother going after his stick. It's, it's not going to turn out well for you. If you go after the puck and go after the stick when he's got it, you're going to look stupid. Go for the body. Nine times out of ten, that's how you're going to be able to, to break him up from the puck. Because if you just swipe at the puck, he'll make you look dumb. He puts the, the puck. He was walking the blue line, and he puts the puck between someone's legs and just walks around him like he's not even there. It was just ridiculous. But on this pass in particular, he's coming down those right boards, and he's looking across, and there's just a gang of people in front in the slot. And he passes it right past. I can't remember who it was. It was in the middle, um, like right in the paint. It might have been LeBanc. I'm not sure. But he just threaded it right through. And Cunningham was there for the one time and just blasted it in. Uh, but that play doesn't happen unless Cunningham's going to the net. And, of course, Eric Carlson just gets adventurous and just takes the puck wherever he wants. Um, That's funny. Well, we'll like- talk a little more about Carlson, too. But, Aaron, this, I mean, Cunningham, two goals tonight, one of them off of his back, sure. But um, this is kind of that little bit of depth scoring that the Sharks really need if they want to try to be a little bit more competitive. I mean, that one-timer that Carlson's pass was amazing, but kind of buried that on the one-timer. You don't really see third, fourth-line guys able to do that. Um, So, yeah. And what's cool about that Carlson pass is he did it right before that pass. He had another pass exactly the same, but they couldn't score off of it. And then he found it again, the same seam, same pass, and kind of buried it. So, um it's exciting to see hopefully Cunnan scores more because super producer Jason loves using the graphic <laughs> that we have for it. So um, yeah, the more, the, the more, the merrier here is <laughs> right there. Um, there's a comment here from Anthony saying, can we all agree that the sharks miss Sturm? Absolutely. There's a noticeable difference in the lineup when Sturm is not there and Sturm, Sturm and Cunnan are two guys that, um, that Greer, tagged as his guys kind of in a way right like these are the ones that he wanted to get and inject into the lineup and these like you said earlier the sharks haven't really had anyone like this now pavelski was different he wasn't quite like these kinds of these kinds of players um to me sturm sturm is has one speed and it's fast when he's skating out there he closes down so many guys and gets so many turnovers in the offensive zone that um, I don't see many other guys able to do that. So he's heavily, heavily missed um, in this lineup being hurt. And he is at least going on the trip. So he will be back at some point this week. Um, but yes, it, it's, it feels like a different team. It feels slower in a way, not as aggressive on the four check. Yeah, we, we talked about Conan providing some uh, depth scoring. Sturm is still in that same vein as well. And again, getting in those dirty areas, um, maybe Sturm isn't the guy that stands in front of the net all the time, but he's certainly a guy, like you said, chases him down and bangs. Um, one of, one of the players that I've grown to like a, a lot during this season. And, uh, I, I hope that he rides his whole contract out. Um, 
because I'm hoping that the Sharks would be good in two to three years or so, and then he'll want to stay and be a part of that group. Um, and he's already done it with Colorado, where you've got some you know solid young players uh, that are kind of up and coming, and of course they kind of forced him out. But uh, if he could be a part of that again, who knows? Maybe he could see you know another uh, Stanley Cup on the horizon for himself there. So whether the Sharks get to there or not, I don't know. But uh, it, it's kind of a could be a potentially similar situation. So maybe he'd want to stick around for that. I would love to keep him. Um, he is the type of player that I love to see. He's not going to be the, the guy that scores the most goals on the team, but he's the guy that gets the most respect from me uh, alongside of guys like Mario Ferraro. So there you go. Um, any comments here before you want to start talking about Carlson a little bit more, by the way? Uh, Anthony asks, can a player win the Norris Trophy if he plays on the worst team? That's a good <laughs> question. Um, sure. Norris usually they, – they need to split the Norris. Norris usually goes to the top scoring defenseman. I think they should have a Norris for defensive, best shutdown defenseman, and then another one, Bobby Orr, for the highest scoring defenseman. Yes. Right? And then same, they need to have another trophy back when Joe Thornton was playing for the most assists in the league because they have one for the most goals. Well, they have one for the most assists, and they call it the Wayne Gretzky trophy. Sure. Why not? More trophies. More winners. I like it. Um, Anthony's saying it's going to be 10 years before we make it back to playoffs. Aaron, I am so interested in your take on this. Please. No. It's going to take a decade. I don't think it's going to take a decade. I honestly think with the cap going up possibly by $4 million, depending if another contract gets moved or bought out or who knows what, um, the collective bargaining agreement is less than 10 years and things will change. So there's absolutely not that that's not going to be 10 years from now. There's gonna be a lot of changes coming soon. So um, I would say to make playoffs, I think there's a shot they can make it next year to playoffs. If they have the same, roughly the same group of what they have now and adding better pieces to it, adding the next top five pick Bordalo Eklund into the mix next year. That's a whole line right there of, highly skilled young players. Uh, you give them shielded minutes where they get offensive zone starts, maybe as a third line. And then you give them a uh, power play time on the second power play and let the kids run that. I think, uh, I think they can have something there. And that's what teams that go into playoffs and, and or get to playoffs and eventually go deep into playoffs need are the highly skilled players on very low contracts um, in their lineup. Anthony doubling down says 10 years. Anthony tripling down 10 years. He's just um, mad because Burns got traded. And I don't think so, but you got I a shoe thrown I, at him. I, I honestly, I honestly do believe two years. I think two years. Um, and the only reason I say two and not one like Aaron is because I think that the um, Eklund Bordalo, uh, I don't know that they're going to be ready um, after this season. So really, I don't know, man. Like, I think an extra year seasoning ain't bad. You know what I mean? Um, and especially if you're going to end up unloading guys, uh, like, you know, trading them away to get your picks and everything else, um, you don't need to load up with those guys playing in the NHL. You can still go out and get more free agents, guys with veteran experience, let them play and let the younger guys kind of still. Are they really dominating in the AHL right now? I don't know that they are. So I would rather have them kind of overbake just a bit and dominate 
uh, before they they step in. I think uh, I think we're going to see them play a little bit here at the end of this season. I, I would venture to say that Bordalo and Eklund, maybe even Merkley, will get 15 to 20 games in by the time the season's over. And I would agree with you, but I also don't think that means that they're going to play next season. No, but I think we could see what they got and give yeah. them even more of a taste of sure. NHL life, what it's going to take, what they can work on. And I think uh, – I'm looking at their stats right now. Orlo is second on the team in scoring. Eight right. goals, three assists, 11 points in 18 games. Eklund is fourth with four goals and six assists in 10, 10 points for in 18 games. Um, <clears throat> no, they're not blowing it up and they're not yeah. leading their team. They're up there at least. And I think they're turning it around a little bit, but I mean, this is the, this is one of my main talking points and reasons of why I didn't think they should be starting in the NHL and let them bake. But at the same time, I think by next season, those two should be competing for a spot in camp and being ready to play. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking 10 and 11 points in 18 AHL games. I don't think that's that's not blowing it up necessarily. So I would like to see them next season, what they're doing uh, in the AHL, and then perhaps they get more long-term uh, in the NHL in the show. Um, let's see let's, what else we got here. Um, <laughs> Patrick wants to know, what's with the shoes? Anthony's wife... Uh, loved Brent Burns and always threatened to throw her shoe. I think at either Anthony or at the computer that he was watching on his phone at us, because we always talked about Brent Burns was going to get traded. That's the shoe joke. Yeah. That's, that's with the shoes. Like he's, he, yeah, he, he'd always get the flip flop throwing at him. So there you go. Um, okay. Carlson. Um, I see something about a tweet here. I don't know anything about this tweet. Do you know what the tweet's all about? Sure. Put it go up ahead, far away and I'll read it to the viewers sharks erics carlson 21 points in november are tied most by any nhl defenseman in that month since 1975 the other two that he's tied with are dennis popvin in 1979 and steve duchene in 1992 there is still another game left in november that he could break Mm. game against montreal so he could own this record now granted that's from 1975 so I have a feeling Bobby Orr had a couple seasons before that that didn't blow it out of the water, but still, that's some pretty good company right there. I mean, Carlson is a for sure first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion. I think he is, to me, like those first ballot people are, they were at the top of the league in their position for a number of years, and I believe Eric Carlson was one of those guys. Best defenseman in the league by far. Kind of like how Bobby Orr was, kind of like how Kale McCarr probably will be, how Nicholas Lidstrom won Norris after Norris after Norris every year. Um, I think Carlson, if he wins a cup before he is done, for sure, first first ballot. If he doesn't win a cup, I still think he could be a first ballot. And look, I think he's phenomenal, okay? But I'll call out bad things when bad things happen. Tonight's game, um, the loss was a direct result of a poorly timed change by Carlson. Um, and it's just unfortunate. That's all it is. It's unfortunate. And, you know, I, I was looking at, I was leaning over to my son is like, uh, uh, you know, Myron Carlson are, are, are caught out there now because the uh, Vancouver got the puck back and one player changed. Couture got on the ice. Um, so hurdle got off, but Meyer and, uh, and, and Carlson were kind of stranded and as soon as I said that to him, I look over and I see Carlson starting to go towards the bench, and I'm like, oh, no. 
and then he takes off and the other player, whoever was jumps over the board. And by then it's too late. Pass goes, uh, connects to the blue line player takes off, shoots, scores game. And, uh, it was just, again, poorly timed. Um, you, you can't as a defenseman and the last line of defense, you can't make that change when you've got a player like in that, your half of the neutral zone and they have possession of the puck. Like it just, you just can't do that. Um, and unfortunately it happened and they scored and that's the end of the game. And yeah, that's, it was just a poorly timed change. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I kind of laid that loss kind of at, on that play and, and it is what it is. I still think he's a phenomenal player. Uh, one misstep right there doesn't change that. And he knew he knows it. He knows he screwed up because you see, as soon as they scored, he's on the bench and you see, you hear this big bang, like he slammed a, his stick or he kicked or what, I don't know what he did, but there was a huge bang and you could see him like that. Uh, so he knows, he knows it was the wrong time to do that, but um, nobody's perfect. And uh, unfortunately that was just his uh, missed opportunity in that game. He did so well all throughout the 61 prior minutes um, that I don't know. It, it's just unfortunate that the one, that one goof up is kind of what, what caused the game to end there. So um is what it is, but you know, again, I'll, I'll call out what I see when I see it. And as good as I think he is, yes, of course, there are times where he he's human and uh, he'll make mistakes. Now, somebody here, I think it was Patrick. I'm gonna go back up here and find this comment, Patrick. I'm telling you, um, no, not there either. Uh, I think there is a quote of Paul on past episodes will counter what he is saying that EK65 is worth his contract. <laughs> yes, I'm sure at some point I've said yes. He's he's not playing up to his contract. He's not playing with what he's worth. I'm I'm sure I've said that in the past. Absolutely, 100% sure. Um, what I'm saying right now is the way that this guy's been playing so far this season, um, absolutely 100%. Uh, for me, he is worth the dollar amount. Now, if you just take the dollar amount and match it to the amount of points and that's it, maybe not. Absolutely. I'm sure the other guys in the league that make less that have more points. Absolutely fine. That's great. Uh, but when you see what he brings to the team, giving other guys chances and opportunities, look, he can't help that Noah Gregor is going to hit post. Or, or, or plexiglass. Okay. He can't help that. Uh, but he's, he's, uh, giving guys opportunities. And Aaron, I think you were the one that looked at the athletic. Um, they have these kind of like cards on players and they give you an idea of what these players, um, what their contract is and then kind of what their contract, what they're worth, if you will. So can you kind of, I know you looked at this already and I just don't remember what the number was. Can you kind of get that back to me? Uh, last year they did it and they actually showed the cards this year. I couldn't find them, but, uh, Corey had mentioned it in his article that basically Carlson is playing over his value of 11 and a half million. So, um, he is worth his contract for once. Whereas before he was worth like a six, $7 million, uh, defenseman, I think last year. So this year he's playing more like a 12 or 13 million or something and he's making 11 and a half. So worth it. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I, I when I when they release those, I'll find them for the next show if they have them out because uh, they haven't. I haven't seen them yet. Um, we're gonna get on to trade rumors, but before we do, um, Anthony Sanchez says the only way San Jose makes a playoff appearance is if they back up the armor truck and pay Ross and Matthews. Uh, we he becomes. I don't know what he meant by that, but it basically go get Matthews and Anthony. Also asking what top UFA will be willing to come to San Jose during a rebuild. He's again bringing this up to saying that we're not going to be the team that makes playoffs uh, for ten years or so. But um, Anthony, I, for the next season, for next season, I'm not saying get top UFAs. I'm saying get the same guys, t- types of guys that you've already got this season. So you trade away 
um, you know, the the hardworking type guys that got a year left in their contract, or maybe even two, and you get your draft picks. And then you kind of get those same, you know, third line, fourth line veterans to fill in the roster again. I'm saying don't play your uh, AHL guys yet. That's what I'm saying. So I would still have that same uh, caliber of player come back in. Those veterans who, um, you know, like Oscar Lindblom, unfortunately, it's not working out for him. But guys like that who are kind of looking for a little bit of a resurgence, who've got NHL experience, who bring that veteran presence, right? Um, giving them the opportunity to kind of play again in the NHL uh, and, and you know, show what they're worth and potentially be a trade target down the road. I just think that we want the other guys to bake a little bit longer. That's what I was talking about. Now, as far as top UFA talent, not next season, but perhaps in two or three seasons when these younger guys are much better ready to rock. You tell me if Connor McDavid spent a year in the AHL and then, you know, Edmonton was horrible and then he played in Edmonton and they were actually looking pretty good. Top UFA talents would want to go there. I mean, remember Milan Lucic said the only reason he wanted to go play. Now, Lucic is not good. Don't get me. I'm not saying he's good. But what I'm saying is he's a guy that wanted to go to Edmonton specifically to play with Connor McDavid. So I'm not saying our guys are going to be like that, but you take a look at, oh man, there's a lot of young talent there. They're a really good team. They're up and coming. I want to be a part of that. And I'm hoping that Nico Sturm wants to be a part of that uh, come the end of his contract and he'll stay with us. That's more what I was talking about. So there's that. Now um, we do have Patrick Cabral here with a 499 super chat. I want to say thank you, Patrick, for supporting the show. Do appreciate you in there. And thank you, Paul. What is your time frame for selling off the core late this season, AKA trade deadline draft? Um, so <laughs> the better one to ask here, I think would be Aaron. Aaron, what, what do you think in terms of trading off the core? I have my thoughts, but I'm interested more in what you have to say. Like when to trade them? Well, what's your time frame for selling off the core is what he's saying. When, like, do, do you trade them late in the, ceiling, the, the the trade deadline? Do you trade them at the draft? Well, I, I think for me, obviously, anybody who's UFA with one year left, you have to trade at the, dread, the deadline. You can't trade them at the draft. So for, for any of those guys, absolutely, uh, you get what you can at the deadline. Guys like Reimer, for instance, I think you can get a pretty decent haul for Reimer. Um, but the rest of these guys that have longer uh, term, yeah, if someone's interested at the draft and it's going to give you an opportunity to make your team better down the road, 100%, I think you make the move. But again, Aaron, I'm interested in what you have to say. Sure. I mean, I it's no secret the Sharks are open for business. So I don't think there's like a time frame or a timeline. I think any of these guys that are going to want to get or that have that have a team interested in trading them, I think the Sharks are going to be all ears to see what they can get. Um, I don't think they're not going to do a full-blown – they're not blowing up the roster here, if that's what you're asking. I'm not quite sure, but I think um, if they – right, we'll talk about this. I kind of talked about it earlier. Timo Meyer, like, I, to me, I think it would be a mistake to trade him. Unless the return was enormous, I just don't see the reason why you would – not re-sign this guy. Um, he is emerging as a very top talent power forward in the NHL, and those are hard to come by. They take a while to develop. I mean, he's now 26 years old. I wouldn't give him an eight-year contract, but I would say probably sign him until he's about 32, right? So what is that, six, seven-year, six-year contract? Give him six years. Six years at... I don't know. I'm just throwing a number out here, like $9 Eight. million dollars or something. Eight and a half? Eight, nine million. Yeah. Um, the Sharks are going to turn it around by then. If they trade him away and get prospects, draft picks, that sets you back probably another four or five years 
before you're going to be at that point where you're replacing Timo Meyer with somebody in that hall that you got. So I just, to me, I don't think it's worth trading him. I think it's worth paying him and trading or getting rid of somebody else. You know, and, and as soon as I said eight, eight and a half, I kind of went, eh, that's not enough. Um, Cause you know, the, the, the cap's going to go up and hurdles already at like about eight and a half or so. Right. So um, the only reason that I don't want to go any higher than say nine is because he's having a good year, but let's look at a couple years past. Eh, not so hot. So there's a consistency issue with him. And it's not like, oh, he's inconsistent as a goal scorer from season. No, it's I'm saying, you know, it's not even like he goes a few days and doesn't score a goal and then scores a few goals. That's not what I mean by inconsistent. I mean, like a whole season went by and he didn't do that great. And then a whole season went by and he didn't do that great. And then, hey, he did great this season. So, uh, and it happens to be a contract year, right? So, um, I don't know. For me, I, I, I think I would have liked to have seen more consistency throughout um, the, the the time here in San Jose uh, thus far. And I just haven't seen that. It's been kind of up and down, up and down, right? So, um, I think you know, I think $9 million would be more than fair. I think 8.5 would be more than fair uh, for Timo to, to stick with the Sharks. Uh, and I, I do like that. I like the the six years, you know, keep until he's about 32 or so. But with all these players now, again, he'll be RFA. So he's only got so much to say about it. But with all these players now, it's like you want to resign me. You're going to give me eight years um, if anybody's, uh, you know, worth their their weight and salt there. So um, I, I don't know, man, like it, it's going to be uh, it'll be interesting to see um, what ends up happening with Timo. Do I want him traded? Not necessarily. But at the same time, dude, if the hall was big enough, <laughs> yeah, I'm okay trading Timo Meyer, and that that means we're you know going to take a little bit longer to get out of this rebuild uh, process. Okay, but I mean, it may not mean that we're going to take that much longer because again, depending on what the hall is, uh, it could actually kind of supercharge the rebuild. Because you know, I mean, Timo is a great player, but he's only one player, and he's right. also going to cost you nine mil. So if you can get somebody who's younger almost as good, but only costs you, you know, league minimum at the time, then maybe that's a better way to go. Yeah. So I'm I don't not, know. I'm not, to me, it's not black or white, you know, like it's yeah. not, it, there's a lot of variable pieces here. There's a lot of different things that could happen. If the hall is better to trade him, then trade him. I'm not like against trading him. I just, in most scenarios, I don't feel like the hall would be worth it. Um, same goes for Carlson. Like I, most people like the the guy who was in the chat earlier from Ottawa was giving us some thing that oh this is what Ottawa could offer and Ottawa's the only one and Tampa is the only one that would want to trade for him. I'm like okay cool, we don't need to trade him. Why would we need to trade Carlson? He makes everyone around him better. So younger guys are gonna play better with Carlson on the team than not. You move Carlson now we have zero puck moving defensemen. The next person would be uh, Merkley who's not ready for primetime action yet so i i don't understand i i don't want to blow up the team i don't think it's necessary i think it's and and as anthony said aaron see 10 years yeah it would be 10 years if they blow up the team i don't think they're going to be doing that i i I don't know i don't know greer that well i don't know what he's going to want to do because he also has not been a gm previously so we don't have any history on what he does for his kind of handprint on a team Maybe he doesn't like any of these guys and he's slowly trying to get rid of them so that he could bring in his own guys and make his own team. Could be. Maybe some of those guys are part of that. That's what I think. So I don't think this core is going to be necessarily broke, blown up. Um, I think someone had mentioned Logan Couture. I could see, we've talked about this before, Logan Couture is a very good two-way forward, defensive-minded 
very will give you everything. And in the playoffs, the guy has money. He scores so many goals in the playoffs, clutch goals. Who would not want a defensive responsible center that can score goals on a very good team? Most likely that would be your third line center. He could be a second line center, but when he's getting older, most likely a third line center, a third line center who's defensively responsible, who scores clutch goals in the playoffs. Who's not going to want that. Now he's got four more years left on his contract, but I think a couple more years down the road. Yeah. Maybe they will trade Logan Couture. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it just, you know, like you said, um, you know, the, like, <laughs> the vultures are out. Uh, yeah. Lots of trade rumors going on. Um, I think anybody and everybody that the sharks uh, can unload for a more than reasonable uh, return uh, where it makes sense, I think is not a bad thing. And I, I, I struggle to think of, I'm sure there, there are teams out there. Don't get me wrong. Um, but for a team to go to start the rebuild, trade players away, and then it takes them 10 years before they see a playoff appearance. Um, that That's pretty bad. I, I would imagine that the players that you're picking up uh, f- by way of the draft and those trades, prospects, that kind of thing, uh, those players should be making your team better uh, as they mature in like three to four years, right? 26 years old, really. So when a player comes in the league and they're like 20 years old, it should be like five, six years before they're kind of like in that prime, right? So um, 10 years to me, it seems like there was a rebuild that failed. So you redid the rebuild and now you're good. That would be 10 years. So I, I don't know. For me, that's just a little far out. Now, um, <laughs> I see some comments Are you, and uh, I have to bring it up. I'm sorry. Hold on. Uh, Anthony Sanchez, Merkley should be considered a bust. Noah Claxton, will Merkley be ready in 2030 or 2031? <laughs> Kellen says Merkley's 22 years old in three years. That's a bust timeline. Um, you know how I feel, dude, Aaron, do you want to address this at all? Or should we just move on? Uh, I mean, he's not going to be a superstar Carlson player, but I think he's going to be a good top four puck moving defenseman. That's going to run the second power play. Maybe the first one, if someone's hurt or doesn't, if they don't have anyone at that point, if Carlson's somehow gone, but um, I'm totally fine with that second pairing defenseman puck moving defenseman who's semi-defensively responsible <laughs> and you have a defensively responsible defenseman with him paired up with them. See, see Noah's trying to back out now. He's backpedaling. I'm joking. Ha ha. No, you're not joking. It's too late. It's too late. Uh, <laughs> uh, Patrick says, thank you, Aaron. As always, I appreciate your viewpoint. I will come off the blow up the team cliff edge. <laughs> Hey, man, that's what we do here on the Fin Factor. We've been talking people off the ledge since, I don't know, like five years ago. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, Okay, good with all that. Let's move on uh, the schedule. Now, we've got some games. We'll talk about the upcoming games. We'll try to do this briefly because we've been going for quite a while now. But um, you want to talk about how the schedule's uh, been tough uh, and going to be tough for the next few days here. So why don't you go ahead and uh, walk us through that one? Um, well, just looking at the schedule, their last break was the game on November 5th against the Anaheim Ducks uh, at home. Then they had uh, four days off until they played the St. Louis Blues. That's the biggest break they've had, I think, the entire season. Then after that, it's been a game every other day at minimum. So the Sharks have played eight games in the last 14 days. They will be playing 12 games in 21 days by the time they play this week. This week's a little bit different because they play on back-to-back Tuesday, Wednesday, Montreal, Toronto. That's not going to be fun. And then they have a break until Saturday. So they do get two days off. 
But imagine you get one day off in between games for what was that three weeks practically? That's that's a lot of games there. That's a lot. That's a grueling grueling schedule. Another reason why we're saying those guys down in the AHL should stay down there because they're not ready for this kind of lifestyle in a way. Um, that also your team is not when when things are going wrong with the Sharks, like they're losing. You can't really just have a couple of practices to work on things and get it back on track. You just kind of have to go with it. And then you get players that are older or, or veteran or whatever, like uh, Eric Carlson has some personal days every now and then where he just doesn't practice in between games because does he need to for one? And he could just heal instead of, instead of practicing and, and being out there. So um, it's, there's a lot going on with the sharks. They also have the most travel because they're one of the furthest away for those teams away from everyone else. So on top of that, plus they played in the Czech Republic. So I think I saw something by the year's end or by the season end, I think the Sharks had the most travel miles because of that Czech Republic, those two games in the Czech Republic. Um, and the next closest team is probably like 3,000 miles, which is just, you know, a trip to the East Coast. That's a lot, though, added up in the, over the season. But that's the the difference between the two. Um, it's, it's tough being a San Jose shark. And I think that's one of the tough sells for UFAs. Like going back to one of the questions of what UFA wants to sign with San Jose. There are some Sturm has mentioned one of the reasons he came to San Jose is he wanted more ice time. He was a fourth line center in Colorado here. He's a third line, third line center getting more ice time than he was in Colorado. And that's what he wants. Cause he wants his career to kind of, get more off the ground than it was. He doesn't want to get pigeonholed as a fourth line center. So yes, we will see some, some UFAs that are going to look at San Jose and say, man, it's a grueling schedule. It's really rough out there, but the weather's nice. Uh, If I'm able to afford a house, it won't devalue because it just goes up there. Um, You know, there's just a lot of stuff outside of hockey, but um, other than that, like maybe there's more ice time opportunity here. You know, would you rather play on Tampa Bay as a third line winger or in San Jose as a guaranteed second line, maybe first line winger? More ice time, more points, get you another big contract by the time the contract with that Sharks team is over. So, yes, San Jose is still a destination for UFAs in the short answer there. I love your take on that. And yes, you're absolutely right when it comes to the amount of games played and, and the, the days off in between. I mean, as you said, they had one day in between a lot of these games and the one time here, Wednesday to Saturday, where they have two days in between, you know, Thursday and Friday. Uh, that's the beginning of a back to back. They play back to back Saturday, Sunday. So uh, even then, you're not really getting that much of a rest. So um, yeah, a, a grueling schedule. But I do like your point as to why, uh, you know, other UFAs might look to San Jose as a destination guys like Oscar Lindblom are, are a perfect case like this, where it's like, you know, I kind of want to get my career back on draft. I need to, to kind of uh, get myself uh, out there and playing again and getting the most uh, ice time as I can to show people that I can still play the game. So um, unfortunately for Oscar, it hasn't really worked out here in San Jose yet. I mean, I think one of the games um, there was a tweet, I think that went out where he was all zeros. He had like, no shot attempts, no blocks, no hits, no net. He wasn't doing anything. He was just skating around in a circle. Um, so if he wants to show people that he can still play the game and hopefully get a contract with somebody, anybody, uh, as seasons go on, 
you're just going to need to start playing a little bit better, especially on a team like San Jose where, you know, again, like you said, there's opportunity. There's a lot of ice time opportunity here. So, um, yeah, I, I wish him all the best, quite frankly, because that's one guy I was really hoping uh, would kind of uh, take off, but it just has not really happened uh, for him. I mean, gosh, even uh, what's his name? Noah Gregor is looking better than uh, than Oscar Lindblom yeah, is right now. I feel bad, man. I'm look, looking at his game log here, like his ice time. The beginning of the season was Six, 12, 14 minutes. minutes, and now it's dropped to under 10. It's like yeah. the last game against Vancouver tonight was 6 minutes and 41 seconds. Yep. The one you're talking about, all goose eggs, was against Ottawa, where they won five to two, five to one. Yeah, um, five one. Nothing. He played almost eight full minutes, fourteen shifts, did nothing in fourteen shifts. Yeah, I think he had uh, the stat line said he had twelve shifts tonight, um, which I mean is like half of what you know the majority of the other forwards are getting. Uh, by the way, um, interesting stats. Uh, I don't have the stats with me, but there are a lot of interesting stats. On the Jumbotron, if you've gone to the games, huh. you take a look on the right-hand side and underneath the Jumbotron, they give you who's on the ice, um, how fast they're skating, how many feet they've traveled, uh, their ice time, the speed of their shots. Uh, it says all kinds of crazy cool information out there. Definitely give it a look uh, if you're going to the game, uh, obviously watching the game, but you know, glance up at the Jumbotron now, and then you'll see some really interesting stats if you're into that kind of thing. So It's cool. Uh, that was something that uh, you saw at the All-Star game back in 2019? They debuted that stuff at the San Jose, the, the All-Star game they held in San Jose, and they were showing about all the the devices and the equipment and the technology that they had built into things like the shoulder pads and whatnot. You could see um, lots of different things that the players were doing. And, um, you know, it was basically putting it almost like on a virtual, like, like a video game, like where you could mm-hmm. see like the lines of where they were going, how fast they got there and everything else about it. So uh, it was really cool stuff that they had there. And it seems like it's uh, kind of caught on in, in these last uh, few years here. And I think they've probably been using it, but now it's being displayed more to the public which is cool i know there were some talks about maybe uh players didn't want that because it would interfere with kind of contract negotiations right but um i, I think it's cool I, I i like seeing those types of things so uh Absolutely. it's really interesting i kept glancing up and seeing that oh you know carlson skated like three thousand more feet than this other guy or whatever else so uh That's, really cool stuff. i mean i'm used to seeing it in every other sport like baseball started doing these stats where you see the trajectory of the ball the speed of the bat, the speed of the ball coming off the bat, all this like extra stuff that they've never had before. And I'm sure I know you're watching the World Cup these days. So the World Cup's going on and it's got the shot speed and and soccer players always wear a device on them that tracks GPS where they are on the field. And it tells you how far they've run, how fast they've run, all these different stats. Um, so it's about time that they've introduced this into hockey. I think it's been here a while, but they use it internally only. So only the team see it. This is the first time we've seen it any sort of public outside of the all-star game, any sort of public thing. Um, and I've seen Corey Massasak, who's been on the show twice, loves it. And he loves, he's such a stat geek and he loves seeing this stuff. Um, he, uh, I saw his tweet a couple weeks ago. I probably actually when, when they debuted this on the scoreboard, he was like, Oh, that's amazing. I wish we had access to it. We is in like the, the press and media because they could use a lot of that information, but it's not public. So he doesn't even have access to it. We don't have access to it. It'd be great to have though. Anthony's saying he feels, um, feels bad for Oscar. He just can't get his game back. And Patrick's saying it's always skating around in circles, Paul. (laughs) I mean, it's skating in an oval, I guess mostly, but, um, 
I know what you're saying. So anyway, okay, Aaron, uh, any last uh, comments or last thoughts before we've gone for an hour and 20? These poor folks want to get on uh, here. Just upcoming games. They're playing Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, and Buffalo this week. Okay. It's going to be rough. I think it's going to be a rough um, road trip, especially if Reimer misses more time. Ferraro's out the entire week. That's that's yeah. a big energizer bunny that's gone. Sturm is coming back, so that'll be helpful. But Montreal and Ottawa are the two teams that, that should win, I should say. Uh, Toronto and Buffalo, both on a back-to-back. That's going to be brutal. Going to be a brutal game. So maybe we will see the Sharks get blown out. Or maybe we'll see the Sharks being Sharks and lose to Montreal and Ottawa and beat Buffalo and Toronto on the back-to-back. <laughs> Um, I'm going to do one more comment here. Patrick Abral saying, would Oscar want to come to a rebuilding team just for more ice time? If one doesn't have a shot at the cup. Yes. If absolutely. If you have no other contracts out there, if one team is trying to give you a contract, yes, you don't care what team it is. There's no, there's no loyalty to teams. I, I hate to break this to you, but every player that's in the NHL wants to play in the NHL. It's very, very rare that you get a John Tavares moment of, hey, here's a picture of me in my pajamas as a kid wearing Toronto Maple Leaf pajamas. I've always wanted to be a Leaf. Sure, every kid growing up in Canada wanted to be a Leaf. Like, unless you're in French Canada, then it's Montreal, you know? Like, they want to play in the NHL. They don't care. They want to get paid to play. They're going to play anywhere. I think until you're that guy that every team wants – yeah, you're going to go wherever you can so that you can get as much time to show that you're the guy that every team wants, and then you can get your big contract. Exactly. That's the way I see it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, guys, thank you so much for the comments and everything. That was a lot of fun. I-, I love reaching into these things and having these conversations with you guys. It's great. We have our little notes and everything else that we talk about stuff, but uh, being able to talk about the things you guys want to talk about uh, has always been uh, one of the most fun things for me on this show. So uh, I really do appreciate you guys being here, jumping in, retweeting, getting us out there, getting people in here and having these conversations with us. We absolutely do appreciate it. I lied. I'm going to do one more comment here. Uh, Kellen Foster says, I'll buy a t-shirt if Gregor doesn't get a goal. What this, this week Are you talking about this week, Kellen he doesn't get a goal. You'll buy a shirt. If Gregor does not score a goal this week, I think it should be the other way around. You should buy a shirt. If he does, score a goal i'm looking for the highest probabilities here of him buying a shirt and i think it has to do with him not scoring a goal that's that's my take so oh man he's got the hot stick right now (laughs) he's got one goal you got that monkey off his back you got the monkey off his back oh my goodness uh love y'all happy belated thanksgiving hey man happy belated thanksgiving to you too and all our sharks fans and, and listeners thank you so much for tuning in and uh happy thanksgiving to you guys as well so there you go um okay Oh, he says on the road trip. Okay, so um, last little bits here. Again, if you enjoy the video, please hit the like button. If you are not subscribed, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell. You'll know when we do the lives and uh, we can have these awesome conversations with you guys. Totally love doing this. Um, And I want to say thank you again for the super chat. Who was it that gave us the the super chat there? Because I had it. Uh, Patrick Cabral. Uh, Patrick, thank you again for uh, the 499. Do appreciate your support. If you'd like to do something uh, where you get something in return other than our comments, feel free to go to thefinfactor.com. Check out all the products that we have there. You guys can do that as well. Um, and we appreciate you on that one. Also, if you're not doing Super Chat, you can do Venmo again at the Fin Factor with Venmo. Put your comment in there and we'll go ahead and uh, read your comment out on the next live.
live stream perhaps so there you go aaron any last second things you want to tell the chat or anything like that i don't think so no wow that's rude i i want to say that i appreciate the chat i love <laughs> you guys and um I'm just happy that I don't have a nasty mustache like Noah Gregor or uh, Logan Couture. I can say and our wives are happy that we don't have nasty mustaches. Absolutely. Wife says, thank you for the shout out. You're, is that for the shoes? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> is it the shoes? All right, cool. All right, guys. Again, thanks for tuning in uh, for Super Producer Jason. I'm Paul. I'm Aaron. We will see you guys next week. Next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.